Hello and welcome to the Cat Day Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to 52 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Samantha Rank, who wears many hats, including actress, presenter, disability activist, inclusion and equality consultant and keynote speaker. I've been following Samantha for a while now and I'm so inspired by all the work she does. I remember seeing her on TV on that famous Maltesers advert and I loved her sense of humour. So when listening to some of Samantha's other podcast interviews, I also learned that she is actually also a proud cat mum of two (laughs) Sphinx cats called Lola and Bruno. So it was a no brainer that I had to get her on the show. I'm so excited about this conversation and I can't wait to hear even more about Samantha and her cats. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today, Samantha. I've already briefly introduced you, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me. So I hope I don't fall into a food coma. I've just devoured (laughs) three large uh, pancakes. Um, (laughs) I don't think I've ever eaten something that quickly in all my life. So I'm really trying not to burp either, which would not be a very elegant look um on a podcast but yeah what a wonderful introduction like I always I always feel and women women in particular are terrible for this but I think just in general people yeah. aren't great at kind of um, saying yeah this is what I've done I'm proud of it and on I amazing you know there's a lot of stigma behind achievement and even I when someone reads out like you've just done so eloquently like all my accomplishments um I kind of want to go oh my god just shut up just like you know like awkward <laughs> um because it makes I'm like oh my god people are gonna think I'm really really like you know extra and headed and you know but I think I think we should totally own our achievements and I and I definitely am proud of myself I I you know uh, as a disability campaigner I'm very very vocal on things such as inspiration porn which is you know um, something that objectifies disabled people as objects of inspiration and nothing else Mm -hmm. so I'm very I'm very kind of reluctant to kind of go yeah I'm inspirational I'm great but actually on reflection on on what I've achieved particularly in the last I suppose 10 years of being in London um you know I'm like yeah bloody hell I am I am quite uh, impressed with what I've done and I think Uh I think they've got I think they've got a term for it because I live in Shoreditch so I live in East London Okay, I'm kind of like on the border of Shoreditch, so I'm uh, Old Street, which is, and it's very, very well known for being quite hipster and quite yes. trendy. And um, when I, you know, because I do wear many, many, many hats, I call myself the Dell Boy ah. of the disability <laughs> world. Like, you know, I'm like wheeling and dealing. Yeah, yeah. Um, to- totally, my father's daughter. He was such a wheeler and dealer. God nice. bless him. A grafter, shall we say? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think they call it just to sound posh they call it a 
portfolio lifestyle. So you've got lots of lots of different fingers and different pies. And that most certainly suits me because before, you know, embarking on my kind of crazy journey uh, living in London, I uh, trained as a language teacher and I taught for a couple of years and and that although that was you know really great for me it definitely I know we're going to speak a little bit more about it but it wasn't wasn't right for me okay um as I soon found out but I think what I do now um is is it's kind of like I right so I I I equated to this I really like tapas and not just Spanish tapas I just really like lots of little Little. things to nibble on Mm. and to try and to taste and just to test the waters and I think that is very synonymous with like how I live my life I wouldn't I wouldn't say I get bored of things easily because I think that's the wrong way to um say I don't get bored of anything like you know I am very passionate about everything that I do but I definitely start getting itchy fingers Mm. and I think that's because I've got quite an addictive personality in every sense like it's either you know drink heavy or go or just not drink at all or you know I was once I was once a you know a smoker um, a, a social smoker but it wasn't it was always like you know let's just smoke as many cigarettes in one go while we're out so I so that, I think that's what I'm like with my career it you know I need to I need to be I need to say yes to everything I think that has been one of the kind of the main reasons to my success I suppose of, mm-hmm. of course what hard work um of course you know I, I am I am a working class girl proud of it and I am a grafter like my father so I've definitely you know I'm not being modest but I think also just saying yes to stuff like yeah like yeah I'll do it and then you think oh my god how am I going to do that so um yeah that that's where I am and that's why I I you know have so many different roles but I absolutely I absolutely love all the roles that I have and I I suppose that's why I'm drawn to acting or performing or just having an audience because you know you get to be different personas and I'm sure you know I'm sure the psychiatrist will have many many things to say on that given that I am you know a disabled woman who has been labeled x y and z um and I've probably internalized all these so well some at least of these negative stereotypes that I you know um have perhaps acquired over the years or been told that I I should be this way so I think I think the way I am now, um, you know, being quite extrovert and being, you know, confident, but then equally being a, being a sit-at-home cat mom and being very happy about it. Yeah, it's like going through different stages, really, isn't it? But like, yeah, but it's not even chapters though. Like this is yeah. these these happen these are happening simultaneously. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like my twenties, I was like this. My thirties, I was like this. Of yeah. course, of course, like everyone, I have definitely evolved and I have mm-hmm. you know grown as a person. And I now I now know you know what I prefer and what I what my boundaries are. So I've definitely grown by that. But I think with regards to me and what I want to do and where I am I'm very still very much like yep 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 I'll do a bit of modeling I'll do a bit of this I'll do a bit of that but I you know I always say yes to everything I think it's only been recently and the pandemic has maybe slowed me down as it has with everyone else um uh but it has but slowed me down in a nice way because I think when you are a go-getter and when you you are a a driven person it can be very fruitful you you know because you reap the fruits of your labor but it can but it can also be detrimental because you you never live in the moment 
you kind of are always going like what's the next big thing so i'll give you an example i've just completed um a music video with the lovely boy george um wow. and and that's like incredible and like wow like you know boy george and you know i directed it myself or my wow. part of the you know during lockdown and although i am very very proud of it there's a little bit of the back of my brain where i'm like okay what's next <laughs> what's next what's next what's next yeah. so i think you know um I think lockdown has slowed me down and it has um, allowed me to perhaps say, well, I, you know, pick and choose what I actually want to do. So I am rubbish, absolutely rubbish. And I, again, I'm not being modest. Um, at, um, like just popular culture. Like I'm really, I'm really like, I, I barely watch the news and I barely watch it, not because I'm ignorant, but, you know, I struggle with um, anxiety and mental health. Mm. And, um, you know, I can find, um I, I I think I'm 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 an empath. I'm definitely yeah. an empath with cats, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah. But I, I pick up on emotions and I I kind of like, you know, if you're my friend, you're my friend for life. And like, you know, if you kind of if it's not reciprocated, I take that really to heart. So I don't watch lots of news. I probably don't read as much as I do. Um I should, sorry. Um so I'm pretty just bad at just general knowledge. And my uh, my agent was like, Oh, you've been asked to go on celebrity mastermind and I was like mm, <laughs> that is not gonna happen that is not I know it's for a good cause but honest to god like ah. I'm sure I'm sure people think that I'm quite a well-read yeah, rounded yeah. you know like intelligent individual and I'm not disputing that I'm not but I'm kind of my own intelligent <laughs> you know what I mean like I'm, I'm good at what want I want to absorb yeah exactly I'm good at what I know you know of course I'm intelligent I speak several languages etc you know and I, I'm, I, I'm a good consultant and I like teaching um but but yeah you asked me about like geography or maths and I'm like nah <laughs> it's not gonna happen so um if you ever see me on Celebrity Mastermind it's because um I've I've been dragged dragged <laughs> there kicking and screaming sure. um yeah I think it'd just be an absolute car crash it would just be, and I, do you know what it is? I can't think quickly enough on the spot, and that's my prob. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I'm capable of it, but put me under pressure, and I melt because I was always, I was the real, um, I was a real warrior. That's not warrior, warrior. Sorry, yeah, my accent. I know. <laughs> um, as a child and that kind of manifested from PTSD and losing a parent my dad passed away when I was nine years old suddenly of a brain hemorrhage so I was always I was constantly worrying and it's only been in the past few years um, and I say the past few years like literally the past maybe six years five six years that I've really been able to stop like ruminating and really um, you know uh, uh, kind of worrying about everything so I think I think that's where it stems from. So for being put on the spot, I do panic. Yeah. And also, I think there's a little bit of imposter syndrome. This is something that I've definitely, I will let you talk in a minute. I'm so sorry. No, you should have, go for you should have, it. You should have totally, there's no point even sending me any questions. So <laughs> I always say to people because I, I would go on. Um, but I, what I've experienced during my, not necessarily my acting, because I don't really do too much of that now. My my greater, my greater path. And I suppose um, is um, uh, broadcast and kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, presenting. I that's where I shine. I think because I I get to you know be be myself in some respects, and I also get to do you know I love sociology, so I get to kind of you know be a sociologist for the day when I'm talking about current affairs to, specifically uh, on disability. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I struggled. I struggled a lot with a couple just before pan- the pandemic 
struggle with imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome, for anyone who's not um, familiar of the term, is basically this feeling, and it's very common in women, um, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be there. We shouldn't have these opportunities. Um, and I think how that is magnified as a disabled woman is that, you know, there's a lot of talk about inclusion and diversity, and there's a lot of panicking around inclusion and diversity. And when people panic, um, that leads to tokenism. So tokenism is box 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 ticking you know so sometimes you you know I've had these feelings of oh my god am I just here because I'm visibly disabled you can see I'm disabled I'm a wheelchair user you know and I have I have experience in media so I'm not gonna say the f word on tv you know what I mean I'm like credible in that respect but is that am I being booked for these um radio shows or tv appearances purely on a very superficial box ticking purpose yeah exactly quota fitting and that really, really took over my self-esteem. And I think I was doing um, BBC Morning Sunday Live. So it's a religious uh, program. Um, oh, been yeah. on it a few, been on it a few times. Lovely, you know, like everyone's lovely. Everyone's always lovely. Who works in the production, but we we did a, like a run through, um, and they always get me because there's normally two guests, um, and they normally get me to do the, the rehearsal with the presenters just because I think it's more easier for them to kind of block out my wheelchair you know position my wheelchair yeah, properly because uh, they have to they have to like move the furniture around and things and um and I just remember like we we just finished and we were just about to we just finished rehearsal and we were waiting to go live and I literally had a panic attack um and a good friend of mine um Rhea Hebder who is who was the producer that no he was the presenter, one of the presenters with Sean Fletcher on the show. And I just remember looking at it. I was like, oh, my God, what, what am I like? You know, like basically what why am I here? What's happening? I can't I can't um, do this. And I think I think that it was actually aggravated because the the person that I was on the show with, it was a, um, a very um, a very kind of well-known um, journalist who is a male who's been around the block for years. And all of a sudden I started to compare myself to this individual. I've never met him before. Like he's, he's not done anything to me. There was no kind of reason for me to make comparisons. But all of a sudden I was sat next to him and I was like, oh my God, I'm thick. I'm thick. What am I doing here? You know, he knows more than me. He's a man. He's older than me. He's more, he's got more years than me and I just had a proper proper meltdown and it was absolutely horrible because all them feelings that I've just mentioned to you about me having PTSD as a child and being a real worrier and like you know freaking out when I had an exam and just not not coping under pressure all that kind of came came crashing back and I think it's very very common within the industry and then like I said you know amongst women um who 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 feel this way so it's um it's an odd one because I think a lot of people don't recognize that, you know, a lot of people, um, when they when they see you all smiley on TV, you know, it's like the furthest thing from your mind. But I really now sympathize with with high profile celebrities who I'm not I'm not saying I'm a celebrity in any way, shape or form. But, you know, I, I kind of, you know, like when you see like even like Britney Spears, God bless her, you know, even these people and you think, my God, what have they got to, you know, have a nervous breakdown about? But I I've, I feel like I've only experienced maybe like 2% of that world, yeah. you know, yeah. with what I've done. And, and even I, you know, I'm like, it can be all consuming and overwhelming. And um, luckily, the benefits like my 
the happy times I have with it and the times where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is my life, you know, definitely outweigh those kind of, oh, my God, I don't deserve to be here moments. But it's definitely something that I still battle. Um, oh, my God, right, I'm going to shut up so you can ask me a question. But I think I've just completely effed up your <laughs> questions now no, so I do apologize no 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 I was so glad that you kind of like spoke about that and went into it because you know I was going to touch on those kind of things anyway so mm-hmm. you, you pretty much answered it so it's great fabulous it's, I could just do a one woman show can't I bloody hell you, you could <laughs> no it'd be so insightful thank you because I think you know it's so relatable so many of us can relate to that feeling and like you know why should we feel this way like it's mm. nothing to do with like how society is and like you know who kind of like who we see in these kind of roles of power and and who is kind of like you know typically you know seen as a more intelligent person yeah exactly or male like it doesn't make any sense so yeah, I mean, we're here to prove them wrong, and it exactly. looks like you're doing that. So, yeah. and I, I mean, I, I always speak quite. I mean, anyone who knows me, you know, and I think maybe again that's why I am successful because I, I, they, I'm, I'm always honest. Like, because yeah. I always think if I'm going through it, someone else is going through it. So I might as well not sit there in silence. I might as well just say, "Hey, look, you know, this happened to me." And I think you know the matriarchy, yes, male dominated and all that. You know, I because uh, I often get. I often get asked um, during, like, if I do a keynote presentation or um, whatever whatever kind of interview I'm doing, you know, there was a buzzword a couple of years ago called intersectionality, oh, yeah. which, bas- you know, which basically means that we, we are multi-layered. So if you've ever watched Shrek, you know, the onion, like, we've got lots of different layers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got lots of different identities. And, and depending on how many identities we identify with, um, you know, that can kind of um, add to how we are viewed, how, how uh, you know, prejudice, uh, what kind of prejudice we are receiving, what kind of discrimination. So, for example, you know, I'm disabled. I'm a woman, I'm working class, so I can face, you know, sexism, ableism, and I don't know what a word for of working classes, but, you know, for the for being, you know, for being a, uh, yeah, classes, there you go, oh my God, I can't believe I, can't believe I even forgot that, there's me doing sociology at bloody university, and I still didn't, can you, like, edit that bit out, okay, yeah, classes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, don't need to edit it out, um, and I'm a blonde woman, so live up to that stereotype because I've just made that epic failure. But so, you know, or you can have someone who is um, a, an Asian woman who is um, over over the age of 60. And, and all these identities, you know, can re- greatly impact, um, you know, like who... how you're treated and who you are, you know, within where your place is in society. And it, it never really, like... A, it was weird because when it when this kind of came on the scene and I was... You know, I think I was at like um, um, some sort of talk and I had no clue what the word intersectionality was. So I literally went on my phone on like Wikipedia or under the table just so I knew what it was. Um, but it's, it's really weird because although my disability doesn't define me, um, it, it is a massive part of my life, but a, a really positive part of my life. So I, I am a full time wheelchair user. I've got a condition from birth. So it's genetic. Um, I, I always feel weird saying it's genetic because neither of my parents had it, but we won't go down that route. It just trust me, it's genetic. <laughs> and I'm not adopted. It's just a different mutation. Anywho, so I um I've got something called osteogenesis and perfecta, which is more commonly known as a bone condition. So I had I don't have type one collagen in my bone, which basically means that 
my bones are quite brittle and they're quite bendy and my joints are quite loose and um all sorts of other things like so um my my hearing can be affected by I can you know I'm more prone to deafness I'm more prone to hemorrhages because actually your arteries so like your veins and stuff they they're made of collagen as well um and my breathing is um because your your lungs are affected with like everything everything's got bloody collagen in it and I don't seem to have it so everything seems to be affected but they call it brittle bones because obviously your skeleton makes up such a big part of your body so I've had around 200 broken bones in my life a lot of which happened as a, a baby I used to be carried around on a pillow um you know because my bones were that soft but when you kind of hit maturity in the sense of puberty and things like that your bones start to um harden and then obviously as you get on later in life we all know osteoporosis which is not the same thing but obviously that will contribute to it um but well, where was it going with it? See, I do ramble and then I do lose my train of thought. Um, but yeah, anyway, so my, my disability identity um, is a big part of my life, but it's very much a positive part of my life. I love I love my disability identity because, you know, I wouldn't be doing things like talking to you today if I wasn't disabled. You know, I wouldn't be uh, a successful, um, you know, um, a, a campaigner and advocate and consultant on disability if I wasn't disabled. You know, um, I wouldn't be doing music videos with Boy George if I wasn't disabled. Yeah. So, so you know, I think everyone thinks that disability is a bad thing and, you, you know, you don't want to identify with that. And a lot of people don't, perhaps if they you know, uh, become disabled um, uh, later on in life. And, it, and I appreciate that, you know, sometimes that can be a really, really hard challenge um, to acquire a disability. But for me, I've not known anything else and it makes me Samantha. But yeah, so going back to the intersectionality, it was just really weird when someone said like, so so have you ever felt about being wom- a woman and disabled? And I was like, wow, it's kind of crazy because obviously I've experienced I've experienced sexual harassment I've experienced mm-hmm. sexual assault if you will I've experienced um uh you know kind of um being talked down to infantilized but part of me is a bit like 99% of that okay it might contribute that I'm a woman but 99% of everything that I face so alienation marginalization sexual harassment trolling everything has directly come from my disability identity and this like I can't even think about all my other identities I can't even think about the fact that my dad you know got made redundant when um he you know I was very young and because he was a breadwinner I think that definitely affected his state of mind and definitely contributed to his death you know even the stress that went through it and that's because we had no money you know we say up north we didn't have a pot to piss in you know I can't think about that I can't think about you know the fact that if I would have gone maybe to a different school because I was in a different district because of you know being middle class so etc I can't think about you know, if I was a male, whether that would um, kind of alter my lived experience. For me, disability is so is so encompassing, and that's not because of the disability; it's because of society and how we still view disabled people um and as disability as a burden as something that you know is it's like a dirty word um until you know systemic ableism within within our society is so rife that we barely talk about it I bet most people don't even know what ableism is you know never mind spell it so I think um this is you know after I heard the word intersectionality it just made me more determined as a disability campaigner to spread spread the message about what life is like 
in the 21st century being disabled and also, you know, highlighting that, you know, everybody at one point or another, if you, if we all live to a lot, you know, a, 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 a ripe old age, everyone will experience disability. You will, we will all become disabled at one point in our lives. And this is why we need to, you know, not only kind of um, educate ourselves and be more aware of disability need. That's why we all need to, you know, take responsibility and educate ourselves, not just for the 14.2 million disabled people in the UK as it stands. That's about one in five people are disabled, but also, you know, for ourselves, because, you know, you don't know what if, what if you get Alzheimer's? What if you get cancer? What if you lose your, your hearing? you know um as you grow older so um yeah no I'm so glad that you kind of spoke about that because it's kind of making me reflect on myself because I have a learning disability so I Mm -hmm. have dyslexia um -hmm. and I've had this and it was it it had been unidentified until Mm -hmm. like my mid-20s but like all throughout school I absolutely hated the experience just because I was struggling so much and I wasn't getting that recognition um and I was being labeled as being um you know a nuisance or naughty or distractive to other students and it wasn't that I was just frustrated because I wasn't getting support and not only that as well there was like you I have other elements of that come into play so I'm from a mixed heritage background I'm from a working class background Mm -hmm. so I feel like all of that together kind of like had that impact um, and shaped me I guess into who I am today and I guess mm. you know, all of your experiences shaped you into who you are today and that's why you can talk so you know openly and, and passionately about those experiences mm. absolutely absolutely and um, and I think it's important to you know reflect on everything that has um, impacted us and not not necessarily to sit there and feel begrudged or think you know God if if, if what if or what if that you know because I don't yeah. think anyone should ever you know kind of like question our circumstances. We all you need to do is make the most of 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 who you are and kind of be proud of who you are. And I think this is definitely um where I you know where I am now with my life I am proud of of everything that's happened to me the good and the bad even though you know it's even even talking about like you know losing a parent very young like our family went to absolute shite after my dad died you know like everything got turned upside down but equally and some people might kind of take be taken aback by this I wouldn't change it for the world like of course I would still love my father to be here but actually my life would be very very different if he was still alive you know we had our house up for sale we were moving to New Zealand I know full well that my dad even though my dad loved me um he was very very kind of protective and a little you know I think he felt guilt about you know my disability um and I know that he definitely didn't necessarily want me to be independent like he was so scared so I just think you know, I mean, again, you know, my life could have been extremely, extremely di- different. And, and I know it sounds an awful thing to say, but I do believe everything does happen for a reason, yeah. even things such as death uh, and, and and trauma. Um, and it might not seem like it at the time, but... 
No, it's so true. I always have this conversation with me and my close friend because it seems with us, like everything always happens to us. We're like, why is this happening? Like, I don't understand. But then when I really reflect and like really deep it, I feel like it's just a preparation for, you know, something bigger. I don't know. That's how I see it anyway. Like this must be some kind of preparation to make us stronger people because, you know, it's going to help us deal with difficult situations later yeah. on. Yeah, and also help others. I think that's yeah. key as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's so true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I haven't even asked you any questions. And it's I know, just, let's, I mean, let's, just, let's just talk about cats now, please. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, tell me about your cats. Yes. What, what are they like? So I do have two Sphinx cats. So the Sphinx cats are the ones a little bit like Marmite. You either love them or you hate them. Um, and I can't, I can't understand why anyone would hate them. And it actually really, really annoys me when people kind of like, oh, what's that? They're the naked ones. So the ah. ones with no fur. Um, but some people, honest to God, like some people are really, really quite disrespectful towards them. And I just said, this is what's wrong in humanity. If you can be horrible about a cat. You know, and uh, do you know why I got them? Because they're freaks and I'm a bit of a freak too. Like, do you know what I mean? And I mean that, I mean that with no disrespect. Like, I, yeah. like I'm like i a genetic mutation and they're a genetic mutation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I absolutely love them because a little bit like how I have, you know, adapted to my environment. Um, uh, they have too, you know, they've got bigger ears because they've no whiskers, you know, like that, all sorts of uh, little kind of things that they've evolved into that they kind of, um, you know, have because they are without fur and things like that. So I mm. just love them. And Sphinx cats are highly intelligent. So if you, if you can't have a dog, um, for whatever reason, because I understand dogs, you know, are very, very high maintenance, yes, um, and, and I would never advise anyone to have a dog in a flat to be quite honest with you, unless you, unless like me, you are freelance and you work mostly at home. Um, Cause I literally 80% of my time is spent at home. So the cats are always around me. Yeah. So I got the two babies just because I was going for a really, well, I got the, I got Lola first. I was going for a really, really hard time and I just felt really isolated and lonely. And mostly because, you know, London is a really hard place to live in when you are disabled. Like it's hard for anyone, I think, you know what I mean? It's, I think most big cities are really kind of isolating and isolating and, you know, like people don't really, you know, people, look, no, that's wrong to say that people don't really care. People do care. People do care. It's just so busy that it seems like they don't have as much time as you would, you know, uh, perhaps in, in rural, yeah, yeah, rural places. Yeah. And I come from a rural town, so I'm speaking from experiences. I'm not just like going with a cliche here. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, being a wheelchair user, like the the, the, the city is a nightmare. Most places aren't accessible. Most roads are shocking. Most public transport shocking. Okay. And I and you know, I was kind of like doing all these amazing things like TV and this, that, and the other. And then I was coming home to an empty home. Mm. And it was a bit like, oh, I just want someone to be like, well done. That was great. You know what I mean? And I just didn't have that. Of course, I've got family and things like that, but they're all, they don't live in London. Mm. So I was just, I, I mentally, I just felt I needed, and I also needed, I needed to take care of someone because sometimes, you know, you rely, I rely so heavily on other people. Yeah. 
Um, and again, these internalized feelings of feeling like a burden or feeling like a nuisance, you know, they, they're hard to shift when you're a disabled person, yeah. even though your friends say, of course, we don't mind doing that for you. Of course we don't, this, that, and the other, but sometimes particularly when your health is really, really bad and you, you know, you have to rely even more on people, yeah. you know, but yeah. it can be as a grown woman you you just don't want to you know and I kind of just wanted that challenge I wanted the challenge of of me being able to look after something else that's alive and rely on me and also having a routine like because when I was on my own I could just you know slip into a depression um and not get out of bed but you can't do that when you've got pets you know so I got little Lola and I I don't know I just I was always drawn to Sphinx cats and no that's a lie actually I mean I was because I always thought they were unique and I like things that are just weird and odd and beautiful yeah. um but I actually did I recorded with Katie Price so Jordan Katie yeah. Price she's not been called Jordan for a while but yeah I recorded something um on one of her tv shows and we were talking about and I and I was because I've always been a dog person we've grown up with dogs and she kind of said to me she was like don't get a dog because of all the reasons I just said to you you know it's harder work and she was right but you know when you have something in your head yeah and and then she went, do you know what you want to get? She went, you want to get a Sphinx cat? And she was and she was telling me all the reasons why I should get a Sphinx cat. Because they're intelligent, you can train them, they're very affectionate. They're, they're not the average cat in that respect. And, and yeah, and that's why I ended up getting Lola. And she, she, she's my soulmate. Like, she, she understands so many words. I put so much time and effort into her. Like, we yeah. were inseparable. Um, that she we're just so so connect like so connected. I know it sounds hard, yeah. sounds hard to like she's like you know, for people who might not have that connection, but it is, it's like a little kindred spirit. Like she'll yeah. I'll talk to her when I say I love you, she'll wag a tail and she'll just always <laughs> she'll always want to be around me, you know, and she yeah. just her little slow eye movements. I'll I I'll I'll sing to her and she knows, like, you know, she knows that I am her mummy, so like you know, um and she and it's weird like she'll travel with me I take them I travel with them wow I, yeah they got I go on the train with them you? yeah um but Lola as long as Lola's with me she doesn't care where she's going like yeah, yeah. you know and then during lockdown I spent I went back home to Lancashire because I was high risk and then when I came back to London you know after this the first official shielding lockdown ended I think it was mm-hmm. August I came back to London and um I was just a bit like in my mind I was like right once this pandemic has gone I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I want to go out more I'm gonna travel more I'm gonna do that and I was like but but Lola will not Lola is so codependent on me like she'll really really struggle Mm -hmm. I was like right I'm gonna get her a I'm gonna get her a friend just so that even if I didn't like go you know I wasn't gonna be like going off for six months or anything but even just like two days filming somewhere you know what I mean so I was like I'm gonna get her a companion and um found little baby Bruno who's the most beautiful he's it's his first birthday today so when we finish yeah when we finish this podcast I actually need to blow up some balloons and things for him. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I will. Don't you? I've got a little hat for him and everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we just need to find a candle. Um, yeah, and I've got lots of toys for him. Anywho, spoiled. Um, I got Bruno, and it was it was odd because I didn't quite – I was naively – one of my good friends, um, Dr. James um, – why can't I think of his name? 
Greenwood. Oh my God, that was a real blank moment. Dr. James Greenwood, who's a vet. Um, He is a dear, dear friend of mine. And um, he basically said like, cats don't particularly take, if you add one later on, they're not that great at accepting and just to be wary of this and that and the other. And I'd already kind of had my heart set on Bruno and I was like, I can't just leave him now. I'll make it work. And it was like the hardest three months of my life. Like Lola did not like him. Bruno didn't really like any of us. Like he, he, you know, like uh, in my mind with Lola, we were so well connected. And you had that bond, that bond. And she just loved me. She wanted to be around me. Like Bruno, you went to go and twitch his head and you like backed away. Yeah. And it was just bizarre. It was just bizarre. So then we went into another lockdown and I quickly, before, like, as when I was allowed, I quickly hopped on the train and went back to Lancashire to be with my mom she's a nurse and it was just easy okay. to be there yeah. so I took both I took both of them with me and Bruno really liked my mom and it made me really sad because I was like he just hates me and then and then eventually when we officially came back to London like like proper came back to London I was in two minds whether to keep Bruno because I was like do I want a cat that doesn't particularly like me you know um and you know like even from a financial point of view because they're still you know they eat sphinx cats eat a lot more than normal cats because that's how they generate that's how they generate their heat um but then I sat with him on the bed that was it my first night we were back in London and I was just like, right, I'm going to make it work. And I just kind of did some affirmations. And I just put it out there to the universe. And he came and sat on my chest. And ever since wow. then, every day, he comes and sits on my chest. And he's wow. such a little mummy's boy now. And I think, I think, because I was so scared, because Lola was always my main priority. Mm. And I was like, if Lola isn't happy, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to go. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, n- not in a very... Um, uh, like I already had someone lined up for him who's got like you know who loves animals so it wasn't yeah. like I was like here you go go away yeah, to like yeah. a pet sanctuary I kind of you know I would do it responsibly but I you know she was my main priority I think he picked up on that I think he picked up on the fact that I was so worried about Lola not getting on with him and that that he he didn't let his guard down yeah but as soon as I said to the universe, you know, I'm going to make it work, that's when he he kind of started becoming such a little spoiled little mummy's boy. <laughs> oh, so how are they together? Does so does that mean? They're fine now. I mean, they're like brother and sister. Some days they're there yeah. looking at each other. You know what I mean? And then the next day, it's like carnage. Okay. <laughs> like it is literally like siblings you know yeah, um, yeah the problem with bruno was i think the main problem was at the beginning i don't know whether he was a runt right. the litter he was just obsessed with food but to a point where lola wasn't lola wasn't like this and i've never seen anything like it with him like mm-hmm. so for me if you think about it like putting food on the floor is quite tricky so i can't just like pick yeah. it up like if if i put it down for lola and he just kept eating lola's food and she would just walk away so oh. it was really really stressful because i was like he's eating too much he's eating her food she's not getting any food she's getting pissed off because he's doing that you know like literally anything you would put down he would eat it he's definitely calmed down a lot more now he Good. still loves his food but he he didn't st- he didn't steal from her anymore I do separate them now yeah. but yeah I think that's what it was like they they are very much brother and sister but I've noticed Lola when I go out she's much calmer like whereas when I used to go out when she was on her own she used to really shout at me when I came in the door 
Mm. Like really loud, meow, 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 where have you been? Like, what are you, bitch? Don't leave me. Um, <laughs> and now I'll come in and they'll just be calm on the sofa together or something, you know? Yeah, nice. She's got used to it. Yeah, because they can have separation anxiety as well. Absolutely. I think that's a problem now since like loads of people have been getting pets during lockdown. Oh, it's such a shame. It's great to have them like we're at home, but then they don't think of, you know, what's going to happen. Well, what is it? What's that word? You know, a pet is for life, not just for Christmas. And I think, you know, that's the same. Like people, uh, you know, uh, whenever I research anything, just because I know it's going to impact my life, I research it down to maybe because I'm half German, like I'm like methodical. <laughs> I research everything down to the last like detail. And I and I have a plan B, a plan C, plan D, plan G. You know what I mean? I literally do. Um, but everything in my life is like that. And that's because, you know, having brittle bones and things like that, you you know, I've got I've got to expect that when I go out, maybe the lift is broken or maybe this, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So I did the same with the cats and everything. Um, and even I found it really, really hard work. And I just think people jump into things too soon. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I, I do feel like I, I'm an empath. So I'm empathic towards, um, I can feel emotions of animals. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I kind of, I don't know whether people believe in this and probably some of you are thinking, oh my God, what's she going on about? And I'm not necessarily a true believer, but until it happens to you, you don't actually realize it. But yeah. I am. Um, I recently heard a story, and this is a trigger warning um, for anyone who just wants to like, uh, like not listen to this little bit. But um, I hardly go on Facebook anymore. But then one day I went on Facebook, and one of our friends in America, mm. they had pet goats um, for their little daughter. The little girl has got brittle bones like me, and they've got pet goats. And one of them was pregnant. The girl pet goat was pregnant, and um, someone had, had disgustingly. Uh, in the night um gone into the paddock or wherever they were kept and killed the pregnant goat mm. um and this goat was like the best friend of the little girl you know and um when I kind of like read this story I kind of felt the whole emotions of what the pet goat like the goat the, the, the woman the pregnant goat felt mm-hmm. and I I'm like for, for days I felt but I felt I felt her fear I felt her panic for her unborn child I felt I felt just you know the the pain and everything like I deeply felt it and again I know it sounds really really hard but it it, it was just a weird thing and it lingered it lingered with me um for quite some time and it wasn't just a oh that's a sad story I literally felt it yeah um and I and I just have that with my cats and like um even my PA so I've got um a PA not the one that started now but I've got um another PA and um she makes fun like not makes fun of me but she kind of like jokes because like when Lola I'm like oh my god Lola are you okay she's like yeah she's just chilled and I'm like no no it's definitely not and, I, <laughs> and she's like you're being paranoid but I'm like no I definitely sense sometimes when you know, the pets are feeling in a certain way. Maybe I'm psychic. I don't know. I don't know what this is. What is it? Is it psychic or what's the other one? I don't I, know. What are these? I, what is- but <laughs> I completely, like, I feel like we're the same. Like, wh- everything you're speaking about, I'm exactly the same. I'm such mm-hmm. an empath. I feel emotions. Like, that's why I don't watch the news either. Yeah. When I absorb too much, I can't sleep. Like, I think about it at night. Yeah. It gets like, you know, it becomes a part of me. And I don't like to feel those emotions, especially no. 
when it's something that's quite you know upsetting like that for example like an animal getting hurt like, yeah oh I can't watch any of those kind of like no, no. when people are the thing is, I mean I'm I, I I don't get the I, I mean obviously I do feel emotions towards humans as well obviously yeah. I'm not a sociopath but um but I definitely have a diff there's a different feeling when it's with animals do you know what I mean rather than humans and I know it sounds a bit cold-hearted but it's just a different there's a deeper feeling that I get when anything it's to do with animals and the thing is my dad so my dad was dyslexic and he left school when he was 14 and he he moved um he moved um he, he was from the the north um but he moved down south where he had relatives yeah. and um and he became because he couldn't he wasn't good at academically he became a jockey so he trained horses uh, on film sets and he became a jockey he was only a, a small guy um but he you know i think i've got that love of animals from him because my granddad worked on uh, the the m6 so the motorway building the motorway and obviously they had to that they had to dig up all the all the all the land you know all the all the greenery and animals were injured during that process and my granddad would bring back animals to my dad to nurse like anything from like a roll to whatever so my dad used my dad used to just like bring you know kind of feel therapy through animals and I definitely inherited uh that from him 100% you know I um it's really weird I'm thinking although I love London and what the opportunities I have had in London, I'm definitely thinking about moving out of London in the next few, at least in the next few years, um, just to reconnect with, with nature again. When I was at my mum's shielding, so my mum is remarried. Um, so my stepdad and her live in a very kind of very nice country kind of like it's a, it used to be a a cow shed and they've like built it into a house. Sounds really rubbish, but it's beautiful. (laughs) And then, and there's just, there's just fields behind and they're all the farms. So that we've got like we've got animals all around. Like um, we've got ho- the neighbors have got horses and there's sheep and and I think at one point there was like donkeys as well. Oh, so we were just always and I just I just felt I felt like I was healing mm. when I was back up north and I just need that again. I need that. I I need to go and like volunteer on a weekend at like an animal rescue or do something. I think. I think that is where I see my life going. Of course, I love all what I do now. And I, you know, all the corporate stuff that I do, so training and things like that, you know, it's great money and it puts food on my table. But I kind of I think where my where my life needs to end up, it needs to be doing something with animals or animal animal therapy for children yeah. with with um, learning disabilities or something. Yeah. And that's where that thing, that's what I need to do. Oh my gosh, I'm the same. Like my dream is to literally have like an animal retreat. So like have like <laughs> I love it. and then like lots of different animals, but rescue ones, you know? When, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just rescues. And just like, I think I'd be the happiest person ever. I know, maybe we should that. do that together then. Maybe we oh should talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait until I make a bit more money and then we'll yeah. do that. Oh, me too. Let's speak <laughs> into existence. <laughs> let's let's stop manifesting this Absolutely. now already doing it <laughs> already doing it already doing it oh lola she's oh. coming to say hello hi bubba lola oh cute lola aka bubba Lub. don't ask me where that name comes from yes I love uh, what other nicknames have you got for that oh my god but she knows she knows lola lola bubs and bubba Lub. that's oh. all her three names she's such a good girl honest to god i would i, I couldn't i couldn't fault her bruno is such a bloke though like he really? makes me laugh 
because I, I come from like a, a household of like women like girls like you know yeah. and it's just so weird having like a, a I know he's a cat but he's a bloke like yeah. everything about him I'm like you're just a man uh, yeah yeah I was gonna uh, ask you actually a question um if your cats were humans what do you think they would be like do you know what so interesting I don't think I would get on with Lola in human really? form do you know why she's just a little bit of a marios right mm-hmm. like really really loving but really like not stubborn just set in her own ways and a bit of a whinger like you know and I just think we probably would not get on Bruno would be like a really I mean he's only just turned one so he would be like a um a bit of a goofy character pretends that he's like pretend that he's like cool but he he'd be one of the like you know if if he was in a group of kids he wouldn't be the most popular um he'd be the one that pretends he's kind of like a big man but then ends up doing something really stupid because his friends are egging him on. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, but and he, yeah, and he's got like a secret soft side. But Lola, she's a character. She is practically a grumpy human, aren't you, Lois? Yeah, <laughs> like you know, I don't think I don't think we would actually be friends. Oh, I don't think no. we would. Isn't that weird? Yeah, we've we've got polar opposite characters, but maybe that's why we why we get on so well. I love that about cats, though. I love that they have, like, their little individual personalities and, like, you can really see it in all different... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is, I think, you know, again, not to, you know, like, kind of make anyone feel, you know, upset or anxious, but, you know, when I hear about all these kind of, like, meat farms for dogs and cats and... Oh, no. I mean, just for any animal, like, who's got an intelligence, who's got a soul, you know, like, the fact that Bruno and Lola are practically... Well, they're my children, but they are so... They are so unique, you know, they're not just a cat. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, they're not just food. And this is what I'm... I mean, I'm vegetarian now. I would love to go vegan. I need to... Obviously, because I've got a bone condition, I would definitely need to take advice on calcium and yeah, you know how to go about that but yeah. um because there's no point me like falling to pieces you know yeah. uh, <laughs> that I won't be able to do any of the lovely things that I want to do with animals later on um so I need to look after myself but I definitely am vegetarian now and I became so I was vegetarian as a kid and then my doctors advised me or advised my parents to make sure I eat at least like chicken or fish okay. um so then I that, so I just continued to do that um and then when I got Lola that's when I became veggie again yeah because I, I literally was like I can't eat meat knowing how 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 connected me and Lola are yeah, yeah. I, I could I couldn't I couldn't physically ingest meat after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know I'd actually rather eat a person because <laughs> I just yeah. think at least at least some people are evil <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Animals are so innocent as well, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. this is it as well. Animals are so innocent. Um, and what brings so much to us, you know, like again, yeah. going back to look at how we how we interact with animals, they bring so much. And I think we need to I think we need to actually this is why we need to safeguard them, mm-hmm. you know, and respect them. Um, because of what they bring to us, you know. Um Anyway, I mean, I also do believe in reincarnation, so that's another element to it. Yeah, yeah not in not in a Buddhist sense. Like, I don't, I'm, oh. I won't call myself a Buddhist, but I but definitely animals, right. 
yeah I, I yeah I definitely I definitely believe in our energy going into yeah. other other uh, forms um and this is why you know like I said like Lola when she looks at me when I talk at her she's just got love for me mm. like that's all I can say like she she's literally like I love you like you know she could talk yeah 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 you know, she'll just sit there and listen to me for ages. You know, you're not supposed to stare at cats in their eyes because they, they apparently they see that as intimidation. But me and Lola will sit there and we'll have eye contact for a very, very long period of time. And we'll just, I'll just talk to her and she'll just wink at me, you know, like do a little Aww. eye movements, you know, to say that she's communicating back at me. Yeah. No, they do. I believe that you can telepathically, you know, connect. Absolutely. 100%. You don't need language absolutely. to be able to communicate. No, absolutely. And I think, and to be honest, because I'm quite a nervous person, you know, go, again, going back to that being um, anxious, and I think this is why Lola's a little bit with the separation anxiety. I think I yeah. sadly passed that on to her, which is which is not a nice thing to think, but I definitely, because I was, you know, she was my baby and I, I had this responsibility. And I, it's a little bit like a first-time mother. Like, you're always a bit, mm. you're more neurotic with your first baby than you are with your second. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely the same with Bruno. Like, Bruno, yeah. if I hear, like, a, a thump or some sort of crash, if that was Lola, I'd be like, oh, my God, Lola! <laughs> um, but with Bruno, I'm like, oh, Bruno. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I know. I know exactly what you mean. But plus, he's he's a he's a young cat. He's a he's a oh my god! Cat. Like honestly, he is just he, yeah. He is a character, beautiful though. Got these beautiful blue eyes. Yeah, and he actually looks human sometimes because his eyes are not cat like. They are more human like, and it kind of freaks me out sometimes. You know what I mean? He actually looks like a little boy sometimes. Yeah, and also their skin. It feels like human mm. skin a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, so so they do like Lola has got a little bit more fur. So it's 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 not true that they don't have fur. They do have fur. Okay. Um, they have like a peach fuzz. So Bruno is so so Lola is a dark sphinx. So she's a two tone color. Mm. Um, there's different types, obviously. Um, and Bruno is the one that you would recognize. Like, let they look like human kind of peachy skin, you know. Yeah. Um, but they do have a fine fuzz. So Lola's Lola's tail is pretty. Got most well completely covered in fur. Mm. Their paws, like Lola's paws, and their their snouts, they all have that was all fur. Oh, um, yeah. And Lola has some little fur tufts on her her little hips. <laughs> um, yeah. So they do have fur. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do. You know, they do. It's really weird because I just I I just see them as like cats, and then you forget that they do look different. And it's yeah. it's some people's. Some people's reactions is really crazy, you know, because um, I just don't see them as any different, different, you know? Yeah, yeah. They are. Um, yeah. Anyway, you can you can absolutely, they've got their own Instagram page. I don't post on there as much as I probably should, um, but it's at Lady Lola and Lord Bruno. There you go. You. And also, if the listeners want to find out more about you, where yeah. can you find your accounts online? Absolutely. So, you know, I've just got a website up and running. So you might as well head over there because everything's kind of on there got direct links. So it's um, samantharankofficial.com. Brilliant. Is it 
Oh my god, Coda UK, that's really worrying. Let me just have a look. Oh yeah, <laughs> double check. Corp.com. <laughs> Sorry, it's only been like live for sure. It's dot com. It says okay. the rank officials.com. <laughs> but the cats are more the cats are more important, so absolutely yes. so the cats oh they're gorgeous as well I, I love the photos so yeah I think definitely our listeners would want to <laughs> them out and and have a look um and I love the way you've kind of presented your Instagram and oh uh, bless you so yeah I'd, yeah and we definitely want to see the photos of Bruno's birthday so yeah we're going to do that now so my PA is waiting in the wings because I need to send it to the shops so I really want I really want a candle like a one you know like a one candle yeah, yeah. um Obviously, I won't put it near Bruno. I am not that person. I just kind of want to put it. I want to put it with all his presents to take a little yeah. pre-picture. Exactly, a little Instagram pic, a little Instagram. <laughs> well, on that note, I yes. will love you and leave Thank you because I'm sure Thank that Bruno is absolutely waiting in the wings. <laughs> it's his birthday. It's his birthday. I did sing happy birthday to him this morning. He just looked at me, and went, "Can you please feed me now?" Oh, stop. Stop, stop singing, please. Ah. <laughs> all right, my love. All right. Thank you. And Lots goodbye. of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast, please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye.